Hey, Flobo here. Before we get started, I just want to say New Amsterdam Radio is, of course, sponsored by NewAmsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com, where the flagship product, the Notebook One, has been celebrated all around the planet. Get yours using the promo code RADIO, that's R-A-D-I-O, and receive 30% off your first order. That's NewAmsterdam.com, and the show is called New Amsterdam Radio. Let's do this. Ah, thank you so much for coming back and experiencing New Amsterdam Radio. I'm your host with the most, Flobo Boys. Uh, I want to thank you so much because we just started the show just a couple days ago, pretty much on a whim, and the responses have been pretty good. So thank you so much for checking it out. And, and if you find uh, yourself wanting to tell a friend about the show, please do share, like, wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, New Amsterdam Radio takes a look at the creative and the creative mindset and people who are kind of cladoclistic in their fields. You know, we're looking at scientists, we're looking at drawers, we're looking at comedians, we're looking at everybody who somehow puts their imagination into action. And of course, this episode and others will be available right here as we go along at New Amsterdam Radio, powered by New Amsterdam. You know, today, I want to talk to you about... Uh, people who are outspoken about their craft. I'm going to frame this around Tesla CEO Elon Musk. So if you're a fan of the guy, great. If not, just bear with me. Because <laughs> to be fair, um, you know, the thing about being a champion of your own brand or being a, a, a supporter of your own cause is that you end up being pretty polarizing. And we're looking at guys like from Pablo Picasso to Steve Jobs to, to Kanye West. There are people who are fans of the guy, of the man, of the person, and they're fans of the brand, uh, there's fans of the influence, and there's some people who aren't fans of neither. Now, for those of you who don't know much about Elon Musk, his thing in a nutshell is this. Uh, made a lot of money with PayPal, sold it off, uh, started a couple companies, the Boring Company. Uh, Tesla seems to be uh, the more well-known household name brand that he's founded. And one of the innovations of Tesla as a motor car company was it was pretty much bringing electric-powered car to the masses. And he did this through a process of, of trickling down, meaning he had this electric technology uh, put into vehicles uh, for the luxury market with the intent of eventually bringing it down market to the masses. Now, this is actually pretty smart. Uh, this is actually a tactic that Starbucks used when it went expanded nationally into globally. They came out into more affluent neighborhoods and launched their coffee shop as if they were a neighborhood coffee shop, the premium roasting place. And little by little, we saw it more and more in malls and shopping centers, on corners and, and even middle class and, and upper and uh, working class cities. And now there's a Starbucks practically everywhere. In fact, I was in Toronto uh, the last two August was on a work conference. And uh, in Canada, there's also a, a coffee house called Tim Hortons. Or, uh, Timmy Hortons is what they're officially known as. And there are some blocks in downtown Toronto where there's like two Tim Hortons and two Starbucks on the same corner. But Elon Musk has kind of been uh, the poster child, the poster guy for the celebrity CEO. 
Uh, he influenced a generation of young men and women of being someone who looked at things differently, someone who was able to build a platform and to build a brand and to push uh, innovation in all different segments. But the thing is about him is he's very outspoken on social media. A lot of people who are free-spirited thinkers tend to be that way. You can't be a visionary without having um, perhaps unorthodox uh, opinions. Again, going back to the Kanye West example, whether you like Kanye or hate Kanye, when he comes on social media, every time he tweets, there's thousands of retweets and thousands of comments for a reason. But back to Elon, uh, South African, uh, but somehow had a global appeal. And with Tesla being a brand and showing the future that electric cars aren't this far off idea, um, people bought in. Lots of people bought in. And I'm not knocking anyone that does that because that's when you know you're starting a revolution, right? If you're a painter or drawer and you're drawing for yourself and your family, that's one thing. But if people are traveling from far and wide to listen to your thought process and wanting to buy your paintings and, and put your paintings on display, you know, you know you're a part of something special. But on social media, uh, Elon Musk had a bit of a polarizing tactic. He was very outspoken on a lot of issues. And it kind of came to a head a couple weeks ago. Uh, for those of you not in the know in the news, we had the situation where um, being frustrated about certain aspects of his company, he basically threatened to take his company private. And that's a boon for people who already have Tesla stock, because usually when a company goes private, the private equity firm or the, the consortium that actually takes company private usually buys out the shares of the public shareholders at a, at typically a premium. So a really gross example is if you have a share in company X and you pay $10 a share uh, and it goes private, you might get $13 or $14 for your share. So it's kind of like an instant profit to say, bye-bye, we're taking this private. Turned out, though, that uh, must didn't really have that consortium in mind, and the SEC has basically fined them for that because it's kind of fraud. You're basically telling people, yeah, if you already have shares of this company, you're in for a bit of a spike because I'm taking the company public. Oh, no, just kidding. Thanks for playing. Now, the fallout of this was pretty severe. There's a fine that that company has to pay, or I'm not even sure if he has to pay that uh, personally, um, but he had to step down as chairman of the board. He's still CEO of the company, but steps down as chairman of the board. And it seems to uh, both sides of, of the media, those who are pro-Elon and against Elon, that it was probably for the best. We have the situation of somebody who became bigger than his company, and it kind of felt good to see a little bit of schadenfreude if you're on the anti-camp. And it seemed good if you're pro the company Tesla, that there were some kind of safeguards put into place for the future of that company by saying, hey, look, we're going to look for another chairman of the board. Now, why did I spend so much time talking about Elon Musk? Well, the thing is, is that ultimately when you create something, whether it's uh, a comedy or whether it's photography, um, and you're starting out, most creatives have to at some point toot their own horn. And it's difficult for women it's difficult for minorities. It's difficult for those who grew up in a very devout Christian household to be that bit of a bombastic person, to be uh, the main cheerleader for your own brand. But to survive, you're going to have to. Because everyone, before they can buy into what you're offering, they have to see that their investment is protected. They have to see that your work is good. And no one's going to champion your work if you don't. 
So there's a bit of like, I see uh, Elon's uh, trajectory there because I understand uh, trying to push your own brand, being a champion of what you're working on, uh, telling people you're the future and, and no uncertain terms. But then we have the issue of how much is too much? How much is going too far? Uh, how much is pushing the envelope? Maybe how much is it before we realize, hey, it was great you pushed this over the line, but let the second team, this third team, take it over. And there's not going to be an answer discussed today. I don't know the answers themselves. But it's something very particular to think about. Because if you do create something, it's very important that you go out there and, and share it with people and tell people and, and say what you're working on and let people peer into your thought process, your working process. This is why social media has gone from being a fun, cool thing to a brand enhancer to being like table stakes. You need a social media presence because how else will strangers see what you're working on? How else will strangers see the, the work in progress? But there is a kind of like uh, a fear there. How much is too much? You may have a very strong opinion about a lots of issues, but how much is it letting others into your process? And how much is it saying, oh man, I may be a detriment to my own brand if I say something out of line? Now everyone's going to have their own answer for that. And I think... A small, the smaller you are, the more nimble you are, the more you can get away with, right? I can make an ice cream brand and say, no, this ice cream brand is going to support anyone who uh, is going to live a a plant-based diet. And I can say, yeah, my product is dairy-free, and I can write blogs and and go on talk shows and say, hey, man... Dairy from cows is not the best. It's all about the plant-based life. And if it's just one person and I have one small product, that may be okay. That may be the story people buy into. Because folks don't buy products and services anymore. They buy into stories. Any marketer can tell you that. And maybe we can go in detail in that in a future episode of New Amsterdam Radio. But this is different. This is a, a publicly traded company with shareholders and, and quarterly expectations and earnings expectations. How much of a maverick can you be when there's literally thousands of people and the public hinging on every word? It's food for thought. And maybe, uh, and perhaps, and possibly, if I could use those three words in a trifecta, Elon stepped over the line by saying, I'm going to take my company public when that wasn't the case. But at the same time, I can almost see myself in a situation being frustrated about certain aspects of my business and saying, I'm going to be, I'm going to take this on my own. I'm going to do me. I'm going to put it back underneath my purview and focus and, and work on innovation the way I see fit. The thing about visionaries are they don't really fit into categories. And you may not like the person. And you may not even think that what they're working on it may ultimately appeal to their greater good. But those kind of mindsets, those kind of personalities tend to do things off the offbeaten path. You know, I can only imagine a photographer who's worked uh, 30 years in her craft and she's done everything from weddings to to war reporting and and to journalistic things to to uh, boudoir to anything will have a certain process and method and have a certain standard of excellence that she may ascribe to. I think that's the case here. 
And that's definitely the case of, of other people who are kind of classistic in their genre, in their lane, in their tech, in their sector. Right. So what can we take away from this? Well, one, if you own a giant publicly traded electric motor vehicle company, maybe be uh, a little bit more careful in the words you say. But ultimately, maybe we all need a little bit of an outlet. We all need a, a place to put our frustrations somewhere out of the game, especially if the thing we're working on has more than one, more than a dozen, more than a thousand stakeholders of what we're doing. It's okay to say, okay, we're going to do... Uh, the main uh, business, the way that it's to be done per regulation. And if I really want to focus on something for myself, maybe have a side project. I'm going to commission this painting for this client, but on the weekends and nights, I really want to do this series of, of paintings that I know that no one would buy, but I love doing it anyway. And maybe that may re- recharge the battery. Maybe that may be the, the key to keeping yourself um, of sound mind of or heightened mindfulness for your main task and goals. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this edition of New Amsterdam Radio. We're taking a look at creative processes from people in the news people we know around the corner and around the block. The thing is about being a creative person, it doesn't matter how famous, it doesn't matter how big you are, how big you think you are. There is a bit of a a common formula for those who think outside the box to innovate. And it's our job to find out who these people are and how they do what they do. Thank you so much for listening to this edition. Uh, definitely this this and every episode of New Amsterdam Radio is available wherever you stream your podcasts. And check out the site, newamsterdam.com, K-N-E-W, amsterdam.com. Uh, pick yourself a notebook one. I know you enjoyed. Handcrafted it uh, myself. Uh, and tell a friend about the brand. You know, for me, my name is Lopo Voice. I'm all over the internet too. Uh, check me out at flobito.com. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. And as we go to the new Amsterdam brand, I want you guys to come with me. I, I want you guys to be part of the journey. So tell a friend, share the podcast, buy a notebook, see one of my shows, uh, email me with questions, comments, or concerns. All of that is great. All of that is love. And until next time, catch you later.